0: So we're now on to our interview questions, how did you end up doing what you are doing? Or, oh, you know, is that is that, what was the the career progression into law? You wanted to be prime minister, you just, you know. So
1: our father said that he wouldn't help and support me at university unless I did something that would help me get somewhere.
0: You did the fucking saying to me, <laughs> that little devious bastard. Oh, right
1: so... Uh, He said, I think you should do law. Everyone will take you seriously. And so thankfully for me... Well, no one did at the time, apparently. (laughs) I don't think think my chat was very good. And um, so I studied law and thankfully I loved law.
0: You studied at Buckingham?
1: I studied at Buckingham, which is the only private university. Does in, it in two years? In, in, Dad
0: was like, oh, smash that out.
1: Well, he also worked out that it was cheaper to to support me for two years and then I could start my career than
0: three years. Dad believes that university is bullshit. And to be honest, he's right. It is mostly educational bullshit, universities, most, most of it. So, you know, I get his point. Uh, okay, and so you ended up doing law. So you liked it.
1: I liked it. Um, I got a training contract. A, a pretty big firm and then dad said mm, can you come and help <laughs> <laughs> he, always, he always did it slowly didn't he and I said okay I can't help Will come our, and help us. Yeah,
0: so our oldest brother James, ten years old, a, a had fa- started fabulous with, crazy with this other
1: lady, and he they, he said, "Look, James could do with a bit of help. Could you go and help him?" I said, "Okay, I'll, I'll help him, and then I'm going to go and do my training at this big firm." And thirty uh, something oh, years wow. later, I am still here
0: but you know what dad stopped you becoming an institutional lawyer wanker oh he
1: stopped me becoming a complete twat and i I wouldn't have have survived i mean one of my favorite projects so i go and train some of the big city law firms on the human rights work i do and because lots of the the big firms need access to pro bono work and as part of their csr and if you're pitching for big organizations you have to say what good you do for the community and stuff and Very few um, people in need would go to big firms. They typically come to smaller firms like ours. So I have no end of people needing representation and help and charities and all of that. And um, I go into the big firms and one of my favorite things to do, I mean I am so now, I've been self-employed for so long and I've become more and more outrageous. And now I'm even more outrageous, I think. God help me in my final days. But anyway is I like to go into these law firms and I like to wait until the lift is really packed in those massive buildings in in the city. And then I jump in the lift and then I'm like, hi, everybody, how are you? And watch as everyone looks. Absolutely and utterly mortified of, oh my God, there's a crazy woman in the lift. Yeah, wow. And there is always one person who will start speaking to me. And then I congratulate them. And most of the people will have completely been really rude and standoffish and looked at me down their noses and whatever and walked off and then find that I'm their guest speaker presenting to ah,
0: them. nice. Nice move. And I have to be like... <laughs> Mea culpa. I'm, I'm so terribly <laughs>
1: sorry. I wasn't aware. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's, that says a lot about a, a, a lot of different things there. I mean... Uh, I think, you know, our father's intervention in our life, I find quite a fascinating one, because when you're younger, it's very frustrating, because it feels like he wants you to do what he wants to do, rather than you get to do what you want to do, but... It, it, it's coming from a place of wisdom and love. And the strange thing is, is that, you know, people pay him a lot of money for his wisdom and his, his advice and stuff. But you know, he, he just he just saw a vision of us working in a family business together is always gonna be better than what you think when you're twenty one that I'm gonna go be in this big firm and I'm gonna be terribly well, important. And
1: I'm so grateful because I think it has enabled us to bend it to our will. There's no way I could have done most of what I've done in my career, nor the fact I wouldn't have been able to change the career that I had because I began doing crime and human rights and now have become more of a general practitioner and and doing immigration work and and helping businesses, which I would never have been able to do in any other organisation. Oh, I see.
0: They would have, because in law you get pigeonholed that now you're a criminal lawyer and that's what you do Yeah, and you
1: can't cross from social law to commercial law. You can go the other way, but you can't go the way that I went. Really,
0: they don't like it?
1: No, because... They're
0: snotty about it, snooty about it. Yeah, yeah,
1: you're of no benefit to them.
0: Yeah, I think a dad, dad did a very interesting technique constantly, did it to university, did it here. It's like, you do what I want, but I'll let you do what you want and I'll help you with it, and I'll help finance it, or he did that with me and my music, and you with, with Jamaica, I guess, or allowed it to but go he, on.
1: I wanted to change the world, and so I started doing the most extreme work, so death penalty work, so the final appeals before execution and stuff, but dad was wise, he said to me, you know, really, which is probably, probably why then I pivoted, because he said, look, I really think you need to earn a living, and then help the people you want to help. At the moment, you know you're not earning a living cuz
0: but let's get let's go how, how how did you get involved in Jamaica and you know and what exactly were you doing
1: so first of all i was doing all the gangs and all the criminal defense work here And then our oldest brother, James, had done a stint on death row in America.
0: Yeah, in Kansas, yeah.
1: So in Missouri, and um, I was at university at the time, and he asked me to do loads of research while I was at uni. So I was 20 at the time. And I had access to way more portals and stuff. When you're at university, you're given loads more free case law and all of this stuff. And so... I started helping him and I did um, my first case with him and it was a guy called Alan Bannister and I was totally in favour of the death penalty, it's what everybody should have done, it was outrageous and all the rest of it. And James gave me this book uh, which was written by Alan Bannister and I read this book and it was his story and I couldn't believe this story and and... So I helped James with his case and, and I was very young and naive at the time and I truly believed that he would be set free. And unfortunately, he was executed and and that blew my mind and blew my mind that in life, we could do that. Like we are a civilised country and culture. I mean, this was in the States.
0: Because it was clear to you he was innocent.
1: Yeah, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be executed. Mm. And, and I don't believe in a wrong and a wrong and, you know, it just doesn't It doesn't cha- make sense. Doesn't
0: you only need to make, I mean, as they ended it here because they got it wrong. You, know, you only need to be wrong once and it's, it's a stupid it's just, plan. Yeah, it's, it, it's,
1: you know, it, it doesn't deter anybody. And so I, I had helped him. When Alan got executed, I vowed I would never, ever do this work again. And James agreed to take on unbeknown to me while I was helping him and we were working together a lot of cases Mm, and James, james james then went somewhere and on one weekend the entire of antigua's death row population which was about 18 men at the time got read their execution warrants on a friday and i came into the office on a monday morning and it was in the times we didn't have mobile phones. We had an old-fashioned fax machine. And there were these partial execution warrants on the fax machine. And our um, answer machine in the office was overloaded with families desperately leaving messages that oh, their wow. child was going to be executed on the Monday.
0: But this is Monday morning, so it's, it's, it's so, nighttime in Antigua. Yes.
1: And so I was like, my God, they're going to kill all of these people and they haven't finished their appeals. And so the Caribbean system, it was part of the British Empire. Their system is based on our system. And their final appeal is to the Privy Council here in London, which used to be on Downing Street, is, is now on Parliament Square and is the Supreme Court. So our highest judges sit and determine.
0: At the Privy Council. At
1: the Privy Council, and and the boys before they're executed, well, girls, there are quite a few ladies do, are entitled to do these appeals, and so I, for over thirty years, have done their appeals. And Antigua taught me everything, and one of the people I have to thank in my career for that it is the lawyer that has always been on the other side, a guy called John Almeida who has represented all of the governments and uh, and been against me on every single and case. he's
0: another British lawyer here who has to represent the governments of Antigua or Jamaica or Trinidad. Yes. Or, you know, so right.
1: when we bring appeals,
0: he represents the He's like the Attorney General of, yeah. of, 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 of the Privy yeah. Council.
1: And, and I, I, at the time, was training and I had to ask the Privy Council to do a special sitting
0: on that Monday? Yes. To say, well, we've got all these people. So I
1: phoned up the court and I had to say, I understand that all of the population of death row in Antigua have been read execution warrants and I don't believe any of them have appealed yet. So um, the, yes. the court only sits at certain times. I need a special sitting. So we had to convince them to do a special sitting you have to have various paperwork to be lodged, which is crazy paperwork practically, because at the time they they needed original signatures of all of the death row men wanting to appeal and stuff. And I remember running down to the court and being like, all I've got are these execution warrants that have come down my fax machine. And you can listen to my voicemail, (laughs) Yeah. of all of the families telling me that this is happening and then saying, well, can you now please get all of this paperwork and yeah, all of this bullshit. documentation and all of this stuff? And and John, John sat with me in the chamber, which was outside the court, and helped me put together whatever we had. And he accepted that the government had read the execution warrants and they had built the hanging machine over the course of the weekend and all the boys would be measured for their coffins. Wow. And their coffins were being built outside their cells. Someone
0: had just said, fuck it, kill them all.
1: Yes. And that can happen at the drop of a
0: hat. Which is, people may say, oh, bloody colonialism, the oversight. But the, the, the kind of the attitude was, "Is the death penalty we've got rid of in this country, but other countries kept it. And at the time he we said, well, we need, we, you know, then it's not the most sophisticated setup here we, we might need a second you know pullback device and actually in this instant i'm hoping you're going to tell me they didn't all get executed that day they
1: didn't all get okay, executed and right. quite a few in of them this went instant, free
0: it clearly shows that it, it yeah, makes some and sense it,
1: it was amazing and quite a few from, went free from oh. yeah quite a few went free and from there i basically ended up taking on and, and agreeing there's a few other people that do it too but to, to agree to represent all those facing sentence of death or life. So in I, Antigua? I, 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 or? In Antigua, Bahamas, Jamaica, and Trinidad.
0: And you, you chose, say that again, all those people facing the death penalty.
1: Death penalty or life.
0: But it's getting worse now because previously it was kind of gang members against gang members and being a there white was tourist was was a moral was safe.
1: code.
0: Yeah.
1: But the same was here too, like. The gangs here Add in, more in the uk code. like yeah and so i i i used to, to defend those that took over from the cray family there were various families that took over following the cray family and there w- there was always a moral code amongst them they would never harm women and children and you know they would do sophisticated armed robberies generally of institutions and stuff and lots of society is beginning to break down and there is now no holes barred in most cases.
0: Well, There's a breakdown of... trust, And so there's there's obviously multiple communities because there's the institution, there's the police, there's the court, there's, the, you know, uh, people who are, are, live in richer areas. And actually the role you played, because I saw you play it, is that you were a trusted source and communicator between all of the... You, you, you had... Uh, people who trusted you in the police, people who trusted you in the court, the lawyers who trusted you, and very importantly, the community who trusted you to share information, to sort out problems.
1: Yeah, so I I began by defending people and doing their appeals. Then the volume and the amount and the length and all of that. And over time, plus I was so young, I believed everybody was innocent. Yeah, yeah. You have so much energy when you're young and, and time and things, but... I then, very I, I then moved to, I only really want to help the totally innocent. And I would reinvestigate back their cases because I had spent so much time in the communities and felt very lucky that they all looked after me. And I have gone into the worst places and people say, there's no way you've been there. You would have been killed. And you know, you came with me to some of them and I found it fascinating how horrendous some of the gang started being to you and I had to be like, whoa, 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 because it had always only been me going into these areas. And they were like, who is this person? And they... are well, not always
0: mean to me, everyone's nice to me, but oh, they, they acted differently towards me. No, but to begin
1: me. with, for yeah. me to get you clearance before they start pulling guns and being yeah, like yeah, yeah. "What? who are you what are I remember
0: arriving and we drove in I had my Bose headphones on the back thing and we got out the car and I locked I saw the lads and I was like lock the car <laughs> And they were like, what the fuck, man? You're locking the car. Why are you locking And you were like, unlock the car. And I said, like, yeah, but my, my headphones are on the uh, they're on the back seat, babe. Unlock the fucking car. I was like, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, you disrespected them yeah, then. Gonna... Yeah, it's
0: safe there. Yes. It is safe. There. Yeah. I fight, mean, they'll you, fucking you go murder around everyone. The border, yeah. <laughs> my both headphones did go. No, they didn't. Go. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Jamaica can fix, you know, is it got to? I mean, if things are getting worse, there
1: must always be hope. And I yeah. hope, you and know, how? Change, how? What, what, what they it... need a middle class, and people need, they need some good leaders. There are so many things. And unfortunately, I don't have the answers. Like, I'm sad. What, what
0: I saw as an outsider is that you know, intrinsically, I do believe humans, you know, are peaceful and, you know, want to be loving. And But you've got this territoriality. But there were nice people in the police. There were nice people in the gangs. There was nice people. You know, generally speaking, everyone was cool. And then, you know, obviously all this terrible shit was happening. But they all thought each other were bastards, yeah. you know. They hated the police, you know. And they have good reason to do so, one would argue. But the police, interestingly, even the nice ones, they would be like... Fuck those fucking gangs. They'd have personal stories. You know, they killed my brother. They did this, da-da-da-da, you know. So it's a bit like they just have to learn each other are all, like, decent people underneath it, you know. I think
1: there needs to be a kind of peace and reconciliation. and
0: Like Nelson Mandela did. Sort yeah, of coming together and I, let's I, talk I, and about I, yeah,
1: it. Yeah, I think they all need to start working together and it'd be less, less of for them or us. So you're completely right that within them you know there are a few bad apples in, in all sides but overall they're incredible people and if they could just put aside all of the bullshit yeah and and talk and communicate and and it will take years to build back i mean i would love there to be a kind of amnesty and put all of the boys in on the right murders because most of them are all in on the wrong murders and that causes me no end of problems because that just continues And this is fighting. this is the
0: fact that um in Jamaica you only need one witness and the witness can be the policeman so what 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 sort of happens is someone gets murdered and it, they know that that the, the, the community that has the murder had pissed off this other community that clearly went and killed someone. As They know the community that did it and then they go to the other community and then there are people who are shotters, the people who do the killing, and they just arrest one, is my understanding, because they, they don't have any time for anything else. I mean...
1: You have to have a system. So I think the reason I do what I do is I can't deal with innocent people or a broken system. So the most painful thing is seeing an innocent person in a prison facing life or death, and that could be any one of us.
0: Even if they, I'm sorry, I'm going to be controversial, but even if they are a shotter and they they, they commit, they, one of their jobs is to enforce for the community, and so they kill people or, you know, that's what they do.
1: Look, I think people, have, there must be punishment. You know, not every man that I represent is innocent at all. I mean, my my rules of... Taking on any case, I have three rules. You know, they have to speak the truth. If they bullshit me, I won't help them. You know, so they typically, by the time I've picked up the matter, they are convicted and they're either going to be hung or they're going to spend the rest of their life in prison. So they've got some decisions to make about, you know, well, they have to tell me the truth because I don't want to go into the community, reinvestigate and find it doesn't, you know, it, it's a disaster.
0: Yeah, that was the, inter- you do a you do a Columbo kind of thing, you know, that you come in quite, you know, and you know the right people to ask and you go and find out and then they'll be like, yeah, I'll tell you on that thing, they didn't do it, this person did yeah, it. Yeah, it's very da, 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 da. easy
1: to find out. I was talking, in fact, I was talking to my son. He but was the police
0: asking... can't find it out. That's my, it's almost no, like... No,
1: to the police, the... Uh, there's quite a few corrupt officers. My worst experiences in my career, and, and when I felt most in danger, one was an incident here in the UK with with another law firm that had sent me to their client, and I was pinned up against a wall in a prison, and because I didn't know who this prisoner was or anything to do with him, and that that was my own naivety to not have. Found out, and the officers had kind of warned me, like, "Why the hell are you seeing this person?" Doing Do your
0: it? meeting preparation.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, I have done peace walks when the gangs have been firing at each other, and I've gone through all of the different what, communities. A peace walk
0: where you try and walk peacefully to say,
1: "Yeet." So, so when the war is really bad, like, I'd love to go down now and just go. God, can we just have an afternoon and of a cup no of killing? Tea.
0: Yeah.
1: And um. I did that a few times and I would start walking from one like
0: quarter why, why of can't Kingston. they be one tribe why why so
1: they would each say why can't they come you know, together
0: and say look we're all one tribe and then stop being so you know I'm probably upsetting everyone by saying sometimes
1: so sometimes so I began to build some links but what's hard is because so many are being killed all the time. The ability for relationships to be yeah. built is yeah, really yeah, difficult yeah, yeah. because.
0: No more guns. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'd love the guns to be taken. Oh,
0: just, I wish, I wish, I wish they'd just fight each other. It'd be hope, so much more interesting. Um, you know, I mean, they'd it, have boxing it, fights. Oh, right, you know, let's have another fight. Yeah, you know.
1: yeah, if it was physical fighting or, you know, you actually did business, trans- like, yeah, it would just be very different. Killing by gun is so easy.
0: Was this the most difficult thing you've done in your career? Is this, like, well, you know, defending them. Well, working in Jamaica. I like think
1: that? probably, yeah. The hard that I think the hardest is when clients are in real trouble and trying to work through a system.
0: Usually, usually cr- criminal trouble, I guess. That's, he, that's the, yeah, yeah,
1: not all. Like some clients, you know, having bitter divorces or, you know, trying to find solutions for people. I think it can be. Some of the hardest,
0: where well, you take you you take on their problems. I mean, you, you're of that. Well, I anyway. should
1: be there to solve their problems, and sometimes oh, people's problems.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You can't. And I was that, I was always I amazed
0: think... you could sometimes. Early in my career, and that's what inspires you as a professional to say, "Oh, I can fucking help people." You know, they were really grateful. Oh, actually, I've got this skill set. But I agree with you now. Later in my career. I've sort of got used to the fact that a lot of the time there's nothing I can do. Yeah. You know, um, I could be supportive. Yes. Sometimes that's the only thing I could be is I can yeah. be like, you know, almost a psychologist or a friend. Itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, let's talk about it or whatever. I
1: mean, most of what I do now isn't necessarily law because people will generally phone me up with all kinds of pickles of problems and I'm generally known, you know, I'll phone her. She she might is somebody that yeah, can help yeah. or whatever. So you chat through all of that and you, and then kind of often, you know, the law isn't the answer for lots of it.
0: I mean, you've mentioned a few people already, but is there anyone else who, who's helped you like a lot over the years, you know? So
1: I would say there are a few people. So John Almeida I mentioned because he definitely helped me and taught me, you know, just because you're on the other side doesn't mean you have to be on the other side. And
0: collaborative, yeah. Legal, which, which, if we want to get into any of the problems that we have, you know, that lawyers need to be collaborative, and I think they are a lot of the time. And he,
1: and he's a really honourable, fair, wise, all of that. Uh, I definitely have to say, our father,
0: oh, Papa,
1: uh, because I would always phone him for advice and always phone him to talk stuff through and he definitely has been there and got the t-shirt three times over and so he's always taught us you know go back look at things review yeah, yeah. do Timeline, be really facts. Me- methodical and don't get in a panic so i think you know he has taught me to stand in a storm and not run you know and he he always his has gift that for twisting
0: things too when you get you get into the law the detail the thing understand the problem fully and then he has this ability to say well that says that could also mean that couldn't it and you're like fuck how did I miss that uh, that changes everything and you're so like so he
1: he's very good in a crisis and he, he, is. he definitely i think i have lots of his genes and i have to thank him definitely our mum for keeping me sane right? and, and, and i like to call her hq because she's, she's headquarters she's always so a, I, she's <laughs> just
0: slightly in the second world war she's always a week <laughs> behind though isn't it she's only just got the cable <laughs> oh i hear that thomas is a right twat oh no no we like thomas like, oh, oh, <laughs> decided no christmas card Poor mum
1: so true so um Definitely her for keeping me sane, so both of them. And then definitely my husband for keeping me on the straight and narrow. Oh, Christian. And then definitely you and sis. And yeah, just my fellow partners and people and staff. Like everybody, you know, when you work as a team and, and have an amazing team, you just... It, like all of them, I have to. thank And I guess for that.
0: James for getting you into into the, into the profession in the first place. Yeah. I mean, Did, do you know? And, are, are you and do you
1: know also like the police officers, the court staff, like company's house? I have to give a shout out. Like doing what I do because company's house. So, yes, because. Clients always get in a massive pickle, and we had a massive fraud happen. And you know, within any organisation, there is always a secret person.
0: Well, this is your same gift that you—you've got this incredible charm and can get people to open up and help you with stuff. You know, there's always
1: someone that will (laughs) help.
0: Who's got the special button? You know, there's
1: there's always someone somewhere that will help you. So. You know, you must always pick up the phone to places and be like, look, I've
0: got this problem. Yeah, yeah. The honesty <laughs> you know, please, shines through. Yeah, 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 yeah. People, there,
1: is, there will always be someone that will help. And like, I can't thank <laughs> you, not all the people that I've
0: had. Well, that's always really funny when you get the update from Sis about the company sales fraud. How's the company house fraud? Oh, right, yeah. So what's happened? <laughs> Betty, oh, by the way, her dad dies recently and she doesn't want her sister to know. Anyway... It's fine, but you know, we're going to talk about it later. But anyway, Betty's going to sort well, it out well, for a... us. <laughs> it was Betty, wasn't it? Betty was a Betty. The, the lady
1: will remain there, but she won't take a present from me or anything at night. She went above and beyond and completely helped us and was just well, people, a human be,
0: being. Be, people, people do want to, you know, help them feel part of something. Okay, very good. Do you regret any choices?
1: I don't think so. I think. My only thing is, I was really rubbish at school and
0: dyslexia. I,
1: I had terrible. What, dyslexia. I know you're only
0: two years older than me, and they didn't work it out for they you. Didn't they didn't work worked out. it out for me. And
1: and I completely doubted myself. And basically, how I coped in school is, I I used to be given. You know, you would be given. Smoke
0: cigarettes a lot.
1: <laughs> I, I furiously smoked cigarettes. chain uh, smoke cigarettes, but. They would give me work to do, and I'd look at it and I'd be like, Oh my god, I have absolutely no idea what that is and how the hell to go and mm. what to do. And I'd just start chatting to the teacher and be like, So I would do anything to avoid having to do that, homework know that or do any of that stuff, and I. And you and found
0: I, it boring I guess as well. You I just sound, you sounded quite able to a, approach
1: a, it and and I really struggled. Unfortunate for me, I mean I also had appalling career advice. I went to an all-girls boarding school and my career advice was there's absolutely no hope for you, Julia. You know, you are academic. I was bottom of everything and I
0: scored bottom I didn't of know everything. know that you really struggled. And I was always
1: bottom of the class. Barely ever passed an exam, always even struggling. in
0: every subject, either. everything really. And
1: my career advice was: there's absolutely no hope. You need to get married and
0: have children. Were you the one that mum had to pick up the phone to Queen to yes, be kind and, of and like
1: persuade them to take? Listen, me. I went there because I, I do- failed the entrance exam. I didn't know. Yeah, so I failed the entrance exam into secondary school, and so yeah, mum phoned up and said, "You really need to take her and." It was only when I was at university and I basically went to... And I was permanently in the library trying to freaking learn this stuff. Yeah, I'm like, surprised oh. you got through law. And oh, well, I'd spent my first six months in the library trying to to read and understand. and I just couldn't do it. And I didn't do well in my first six months exams. And the teachers brought me in. And at Buckingham, what was amazing is you had practicing lawyers who were your lecturers... And so they brought me in and they said, look, we're really confused. You have spent your six months, not like anybody else, but you've been in the library and you have been studying all the time. Why haven't you done all right? I'm like, I don't know how to learn. And then I learned that I learned from visuals and I basically started doing massive drawings and writing on these huge pieces of paper to that. that I stuck all around the house. I just had in my brain, God, do you know, the only thing I learned at school, I quite like to pie chart. Yeah, I quite, yeah, yeah,
0: I, Dyslexia, you're, you're Dyslexic. Your visual and so, in your information and So how I think. then
1: learned. So I think my regret was so much of my early education was terrible and I loathed and I doubted.
0: And they kept, as, as I experience, as they still do, they teach you through words they just keep me giving you more stuff to read read this read this because that son that works is just being
1: diagnosed at the moment and i watch him and he writes everything but he does everything like i did and i can see he's deflecting and he's trying to
0: avoid and do de- yeah 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 also we love the other thing that's misunderstood is that is that dyslexics uh, uh love verbal we're very good at talking normally we enjoy talking you know that's a great way for us to get information as well so you know, I, I I wonder whether those lawyers you met, did you manage to like form a relationship with them and get them to explain shit as well?
1: Yeah, and that really helped because you had individual tutorials and it, it's just accepting that some of us learn different, you know, and not all of us learn the same.
0: Well, thank fuck. Ultimately, anyone who thinks that, you know, people getting extra time and more dyslexia, hoka poka, it's it's changed society being able to recognize for that. And someone should have been able to teach you that at a younger age to say your visual. Draw pictures, make diagrams. Yeah, and know. it
1: wasn't really understood but you started I started doing
0: better, better, co- better after that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and then I flew through and ah, did really well.
0: Oh, how fascinating! It's and like- so
1: it was only you know I didn't do well academically, and I struggled all the way until I got to uni, and then I did well.
0: I got a shoe. I, well. I got a I got a Desmond. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway. Well, here's, here's a deep one. What, what advice would you give to your to your kids? Do you think on career choices? You know,
1: I I really hope that I I adore my children like everybody adores their own children. I really hope that they come into this family business. Mm. I really hope they do get a qualification, whatever a pro, in, that a, is. A professions,
0: yeah, we have Wait, many. You I could don't get. mind. Well, you don't. Caroline doesn't have a qualification, does he? Our sister.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you wait i'm hoping she's gonna run she's
0: it she's head so. of our hr and brilliant at it and again failed very badly failed school impossible but you know is a fantastic communicator so,
1: i just i think you must try and do things that you enjoy but i think you've also got to be practical so i hope they'll take a profession
0: mm, I like and i the hope they
1: they will work within this business that's my greatest
0: wish so basically, history repeating itself, kids won't want to join family business, <laughs> but we're going to make them.
1: Well, hopefully. But, hopefully. you know,
0: it's, it, it's been my great honour to work in this business, but it took me, it's taken me 15 years to get over myself a little longer. Where would you like to see OC in 20 years?
1: I hope that we will cover all disciplines.
0: All professionals, including medicine, even.
1: Uh, maybe. I, I would like us to be just the go-to on these people know their stuff. hmm And they will sort you out and you will get your answers.
0: Getting answers, yeah.
1: And not get lost in it all. And the fact that we're not afraid. Yeah. So that I hope that we remain straight talking the best at what we can do with the nicest people.
0: And do you see, uh, you know offices or all or, or, or around the world, or do you think, you know, it's, it's... I
1: don't know about that. I like, I think it's enough... Two like, buildings. I don't ever want it getting lost in the bullshit yeah. and lost in the compliance. Yeah. So whether you therefore keep to certain niches rather than cover everything, where do you reckon it'll be?
0: Um... I think I agree with everything you said. I was just thinking it's like sort of, uh, I just had three Fs in my head. Fearless, frank and friendly. You oh, know? I like that. It's quite good. It's like, and it's also fuck, fuck, fuck. I love that. <laughs> Fearless, frank and friendly. You know, I think, A, we want to still be going. B, it would be fantastic that, you know, uh, there's it still has this family vibe, you know what I mean? And I don't mean family as in like, oh, you know, uh, oh, the family are here, isn't that sweet? Like, as in there's something different in a partnership and there's something different in a business that has a family in it that gives it this sort of, um, I don't know, there's, there's, a, there's a depth to it, isn't it? I mean, I think one of my great honours with working with my family is that, Tough life is tough. Business is complicated, and everything. But you're trying to make difficult decisions, and you've got someone you completely trust giving you information. You know that if you tell me, hey, listen, fuck that guy. I sometimes I disagree with you, and that's fine. you know because it's like ah, oh, you know may I have a different, but. I don't doubt that that's the truth, and you saw something odd, and that's your opinion. But I might be like, but it's 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 that the speed of which you can transfer well, you're information. You're far
1: kinder than me, though. I mean, you 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 give people way more chances than me.
0: I just had a really really bad time at school, so I have this. Uh, sympathy for the underdog that I find hard but to. But I'm
1: sympathetic to the under. I just no,
0: but maybe. Well, Dad said to me that I didn't even notice it. You know, you don't know yourself. Said you will always stand up. You like you have a problem. Like you can't. You can. You will never not defend the person who you think is being like attacked or something. Which sounds very noble, but it's actually not that helpful sometimes because you're wrong. You know. Um, but I don't know. You you see it different differently. You you're far, you, you think you're. Unkind? I just
1: think hang out. And work with the people that you like and are
0: straight. You have less patience. And with I you. have
1: no patience for
0: bullshit. Yeah, yeah. On Hoovers, basically, no patience for Hoovers.
1: No patience for for negativity and blaming others. And
0: ah, I see. So, so yeah. If you see any of that, you're like, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, I and
1: and I think because I've de- like, I've got a lot of scars from lots of different things. Yeah, therefore I'm like zero tolerance. Like,
0: have you found it hard being a woman and trying to be in charge of a firm full of men at times? Well, to be no, honest, I've we've been quite a know, balanced I've, firm. I've
1: but. never. So for me, I I'm really lucky. Like, I don't I don't feel that whole macho. You like. Everybody has always been respectful. The only time I had a really tough time was when I was training and when the training principal went off on maternity and I ended up with all the cases. And that's where I saw some of the grimmest in terms of QCs and certain people refused to speak to me because I was a trainee and I wasn't right, right, the right. partner in charge or responsible or whatever. And, looked down and I said, I'm very sorry, but it is me. Yeah, You're going to yeah. have to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. I cannot deal with arrogance or people being mean to people and, and actually at the moment, like currently I'm struggling in the cancer units because some of the patients are so rude to the staff are and they? to the doctors. Do you overhear them. And so <laughs> I'm now going to start policing, but because, they're rude
0: because they're in pain or. Well, they're, that's know. what
1: some of the doctors and stuff have been saying. But I said, look, there's a different. But they're being properly nasty.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can't. You know,
1: there there is no excuse for treating people like shit.
0: All oh, right, get the Kleenex ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you've answered you've answered one of those questions, but you know. How would you, you know, I think it's an interesting question I, I should even ask myself because I think it, it, it grounds you in what are you trying to achieve. It, You know, it was a bit like um, a Tiny Blaze said to our friend about what do you, how do you want to be remembered, but how do you want to be remembered?
1: Uh, pushing the limits, anything is possible, with a smile.
0: Nothing is a problem and anything is possible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And I think you must hang out with the people that are good for your soul and yeah, have some yeah. fun.
0: I'll tell you one thing. Occasionally I meet people who know you and um, say, oh, how's your beginning You've got a sister called Juliet. And you know, I think, oh, fucking hell, here we go. It's like, yeah, I know, look, she didn't mean it. Or, they always say the same thing. They're always like, I fucking love your sister. And when you and me are good friends with someone in work, they always say the same fucking thing. It's like, no, I like you, Andy. I really like you. But I fucking really like your sister. So you've got, you you definitely have something. and Maybe it's because you've got all their secrets. So you're like, listen, I know about it. So you better fucking keep in line. (laughs) Recommendations? Uh, do you have any recommendations on something to? Oh, I know what, one recommendation. You've got a Spotify playlist we can share. Oh, we share the link yes! Public, killer. Play, I have to give my sis credit, although I taught her everything she knows. To be fair. <laughs> Our elder brother was very into music and had a record player and was very, very and and he and, and he gave us a tape and we called it the orange tape, or I do, which, you know, certainly when I was very young was very instrumental in me learning about lots of bands. So I think it's probably our, our brother who started off because mum and dad were absolutely fucking useless at music, <laughs> listening to music, as it were. But Juliet has Amazing taste. Sorry, I'm going to say it for a woman. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you could put your playlist out there. The,
1: the thing that we're currently, so definitely playlist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing I'd really like to encourage is a Sunday night dance off. Ooh. So, one of my dear mates is a crazy man called Wally, and he has started doing me a dance on the days that I have chemo. And I, and We have always had a tradition in my family with my husband and my two children that on Sunday night, we like to put on some tunes and we have a little shimmy. And my husband's quite a big man and he likes to put on a little tutu and dance with my daughter. And so we've decided perhaps we are going to start through my treatment plan. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah a Dance competition. This is because fantastic. There is, this is fantastic. There is nothing better
0: than the than putting on a therapy. good little
1: tune like a little sing along in the chair and having a little chimp. Doesn't matter if there's, you a, there's can't a lot dance. of
0: science, the incredible effect dancing has on people. Oh, I mean, you know, so Kiara's all wrapped up in bar dance and doing that with James Bar dances. And they, that's so that's our thing now. We've got to do the Sunday, the yeah. Sunday jiggle basically. Yeah, yeah. you could do that by fucking <laughs> Zoom, you know? <laughs> I know. I love a good dance. I just, it's just it's nothing better. And if anyone out there can't dance, I will tell you the secret of dance in one second. You You—you you have to mentally imagine that there's no one else there. You ha- that's what you have to do to dance in public. You have to stand there. That's all I do. And I do it by drinking a few pints of lager at the same time. But I have to mentally just forget and then. You're dancing, if you enjoy music, you'll dance if you think there's no one else there and you you want to. Anyway, it's probably not helping anyone at all, but fucking just, you've got to close your eyes, you know, you've got to just do it. That's brilliant, with the tutu on, fantastic. What advice would have you given to your younger self? I don't know that. You sort of answered it earlier, actually, which was kind of like your visual, do it on the walls. (laughs) That's what you would have said. And he would have fucked you. His career just took off. She ended up prime minister. No, actually, it would have had a huge impact. Yeah,
1: and I I think don't necessarily listen to other people. Like, we're all able to do what we need to do. Just get on and do it and don't get too lost in it.
0: Yeah. No bullshit is a definite family trait. Okay, Uh, that was amazing.